this is Eddie. And this is Miguel. And you're listening to the Guy Life Culture Podcast. Yes, welcome back to another episode. We hope that you have enjoyed your Christmas. Yeah. We're still in the holiday season as um, we approach this new year, right? New yeah. Year's Eve and everything. Um, so we thank you again for tuning in and taking this ride with us all of 2019. Yeah, you made it. It's right at the end, uh, the end of a decade, uh, which is also something that's very significant we're now entering into 2020 uh so if you have any last minute things you need to get off your chest do say read eat do it now the time the clock is ticking uh if not 2020 is just a couple hours away anyway so you can put it uh move it over to uh next year and do it as well yeah and uh i mean i think this is a time where most people are celebrating and most people are kind of in that festive mood um and then like we discussed in our last episode unfortunately Mm -hmm. there are those who this time of the year is not the easiest um it's not the most festive and just recently this past sunday there was a tragic event right that happened um in texas where there was a church shooting yeah this happened at the west freeway church of christ in granbury texas um this man uh was came to their service was there for the first half of the service um stood up and decided to open fire um on the congregants unfortunately uh two of the church people uh members passed away uh but luckily um their staff uh were they had armed security staff um one of the armed security uh church members was able to take the um assailant down um and he was also killed at the scene uh which you know brings forth a lot of different questions yeah a lot of different uh topics of conversation you know guns has been something that we've spoken about uh previously has been all over the news the gun laws and all the massacres and school shootings and things that have been going on um and we've also seen an uprise on uh places of religious uh, congregations and worship also being victims of these mass shootings and these attacks um and now we have this church who unfortunately had to go through this uh, very tragic uh, situation but a lot of people are praising um, the guy uh, um, who I believe that's Tony Wallace who yes. was the one who uh, shot the, the the man that came in um, for his fast action and also for his training of the church staff you know they had plans in place in case something like yeah. this was to happen which has become the new reality for a lot of churches not only christian churches we know that jewish um you know uh at temple and stuff like mm-hmm. that they're also uh doing the same thing with hiring security having action plans and you know isn't it crazy that this is the new reality yeah and um just to you know clarify his name was jack wilson and one of the victims name was tony wallace oh sorry so yes. you know jack wilson again was the you know kind of the hero in this situation that they're saying um and again you know giving him thanks and praise and all of that but like you said it's very unfortunate that this is the time that we're living in i mean you know as a teacher you kind of go through those lockdown drills and yeah. you know all of those drills and you know um we're doing those drills more often in schools and even when it's just a drill i think i've said this before there's still that feeling that fear that mm. creeps in you mm. know when they make the announcement and they're very clear and they're, they say this is just a drill but just that fear 
of man this could actually happen you know this has happened mm-hmm. in the past in different places and you know there have been victims and the crazy traumas that these children experience yes. and um there are just a few places that you go to where you want to feel safe mm-hmm. whether it's your home your school your job and especially your church yes you know it's a place where you know personally i don't think of a situation like this happening too often yeah you know when i go to church it's mm-hmm. not like in the back of my mind or it's not a fear but it's something that unfortunately could happen yes one of the things that we discussed off air um related to this topic was just you know aside from the trauma that's experienced and aside mm-hmm. from the tragedy that this is and you know um the sadness that these families are feeling and this congregation is feeling something that i can't even imagine right um you know having to go back to this place yeah. after an event like this mm-hmm. you know um but one of the things we spoke about was the plan that they had in place, yes. right? Or this idea of having a plan in place when tragedies like this happen. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about schools. Our schools have lockdown drills or mm-hmm. they have these drills where children, you know, practice what to do in case something happens. And a lot of times in our churches, mm-hmm. right, um, especially if our church is not a mega church or a church of, you know, uh, a grand size, a lot of our small local churches may not have procedures or things in in place yeah. when something like this happened or if something like this were to happen, mm-hmm. whether it's what to do in case of a storm, mm-hmm. you know, that happens while we're in the temple, what happens um, in the situation like this when there's an active shooter Mm. you know what happens if there's someone that looks like they could you know uh be carrying a weapon of any sort Mm. or you know be a threat to someone you know so there's just a lot of things that i think this uh situation we can take from and we can learn from and see you know what can we do where we are in our local churches to ensure that there's a plan in place yeah you know and that is the key thing where we have to you know in the beginning of the year uh the pastor and i and the associate pastor uh went to the seminar that was exactly about that about church security what to do in a situation of an active shooter what to do in the situation of a bomb threat what to do in the situation of a dangerous hazard situation uh what to do in case somebody needs medical attention somebody fell down the stairs somebody you know trip broke their arm like all these different scenarios scenarios on what are you supposed to do and it's things as simple as who's in charge of calling 911 yeah you know who's in charge of you know making sure that the exits are free for people to go through and these are things that nobody in our churches think of for most part because of the fact that our churches are supposed to be this safe haven uh but unfortunately i think that especially in the united states we've had uh, many many years of you know i know that there have been waves of years where things uh like a church bombing and stuff like that did happen you yeah know, i think about this during um you know the civil rights movement uh that era where their churches were getting bombed and so many things were happening um you know and then there was like years of we didn't hear nothing about that you know that situation didn't happen for let's say a generation and then now we're back to okay now churches are no longer safe um uh but i think globally around the world you know we hear about stuff in mexico we hear about stuff in central america in the middle east where churches are not safe and you know we need to have plans and action for in case god forbid something was to happen what do we do who's in charge who's gonna do this who's gonna do that because those things are very very important you know 
And, you know, we serve a God who is powerful. We serve a God who protects us. Uh, but we also do know that certain things happen that we may not know the reasoning for it. But if God has given you the tools and the, the ability to learn security measures and to learn how to protect your assets, which are, you know, your church members and your families and stuff, then you should take advantage of those things as well. And I think one of the biggest things why people don't uh, or churches may not have plans in place, I think is because people naturally don't like to put themselves in these scenarios, mm-hmm. right? It's hard to think about, okay, you know, if there were an active shooter mm-hmm. right now, what would we do? You know, it kind of puts you to put your, you know, yourself in the place of fear and mm-hmm. in that place where this is a reality, this could actually happen, yeah. you know, and no one really likes to do that, right? Mm-hmm. To kind of get uncomfortable and put yourself in that place. But again, you know, I think of uh, this church and what they went through and, um, you know, the two of the victims that were killed were actually on the security team, mm-hmm. right? And again, Jack Wilson uh, had training. He had, mm-hmm. you know, uh, preparation in this you know in this field and what happens if they didn't have security what would happen if he wasn't there if he didn't Mm -hmm. have this training you know you think about um when someone has this weapon when they have a gun it's almost as if they're in control yeah no yeah you know and it's like imagine if those you know people weren't there if this man wasn't there if these things weren't in place what would have happened so again this shouldn't spark fear this shouldn't be something that uh causes us to be you know scared of our every move scared Mm -hmm. to go to church right or go to our jobs or go to our schools but it's something to just get us thinking mm-hmm. right and speaking to the right people um if you go to a church and you've never had any type of drill maybe this is something to bring up mm-hmm. to someone you know like hey do we have a plan in place yes. for all you know there may actually be a plan in place mm-hmm. um they've just never announced it said mm-hmm. it or demonstrated it or told you right mm-hmm. you may have missed that meeting or something but you know um there should always be a plan in place for situations like this. Yeah. And I think that because of the day and age in which we are living in, that should be something that is part of your everyday life. You know, yeah. like my wife and I have had the conversations of, you know, what if we're at work and something like the 9-11 terrorist attack happens again? Who's picking up the kids? Who's doing this? Who's doing that? Like those are the conversations we've had. You know, what if we're at the mall? You're at Forever 21. I'm at the sneaker store. Then there's an active shooter. Where yeah. do we meet? We meet at the car. We do this, you know. So those are conversations where you do have to have. You have to have those conversations with your your spouse, your family, your kids, because it's better safe than sorry. It's better to have a plan you never have to use than to not have a plan when you need to use one, you know. And that's just the reality of the situation in which we are living in. Uh, but the good thing uh, was that this church did have a security team. They did have an action plan. They do live in Texas where it's okay to uh, carry guns out in the open um you know and that's part of the conversation when it comes to you know the the reformation of the gun laws you know there are a lot of people that believe that guns uh should be completely removed and taken out uh there's other people that believe that no they have the right to bear arms and you know there's there's pros and cons to each part of the argument but the truth of the matter is that it has become a great epidemic you know there's nowhere that this is happening as often and as badly as it is in the united states and something needs to be done about it yeah and again this also goes to show you just the condition of humanity and right Mm -hmm. of the human heart where um you know regardless if you're pro you know uh, guns against guns if you believe in in this or don't um 
the idea is you could have someone who you know doesn't own a gun but mm. has a you know sinful heart has a deceitful heart has a heart that's wicked and yeah. just is you know swayed by whatever their situation is swayed by the voices of the enemy and can do something crazy mm -hmm. right but they don't own a gun yeah. right so i think at the end of the day you know uh the politics conversation needs to happen as well right mm -hmm. people do need to be informed but there also needs to kind of be that self-examination and reflection of again this is the condition of the heart mm -hmm. you know of humanity humanity and you know what things are feeding this what mm -hmm. things are in being infiltrated into like whether it's our educational system whether it's just our family life whether you know the things that we allow into our homes you know what is kind of causing this epidemic you yeah. know what is causing this um turn where maybe we haven't seen it in a while mm -hmm. where now it's almost as churches are targets for these mm -hmm. type of things you know um, I earlier we were talking about certain posts that you know we see on social media. Mm -hmm. We're kind of always referencing social media, but certain posts that we were seeing on social media, people questioning, mm -hmm. right, the spirituality. I guess you could say yeah. of that church, mm -hmm. right, and saying, well, this is a church that you know has the power of God, right, claims to be you know have the power of God, and a gunman enters the church. You would think that immediately those evil thoughts, desires, motives would leave, mm -hmm. right, through the power of the gospel the power of God that's in that place. And mm -hmm. in this case, you know, that didn't happen, yeah. right? And he was able to kind of carry out, you know, who knows if this was his plan, his whole plan or part mm -hmm. of his plan or what his plan was, right? But he was able to, you know, shoot and kill two people. Yeah. And scare a whole congregation, mm -hmm. right? Traumatized Which too. goes, you know, just to that conversation of the spirituality aspect in all of this, mm -hmm. you know, um, we know that God chooses to move in different ways. God mm -hmm. allows different things to happen, right, to different people. Everyone has a different story. Every church has a different story. Mm -hmm. We hear of churches where there's an active shooter, where, you know, um, people are killed. Then we hear of, ch of churches where there was someone who went with the thought and intent to kill. To it, and yeah. in the moment something happened, the power of God came over him, changed, transformed, mm -hmm. liberated, and he's a preacher. You know, yeah. like we hear <laughs> stories like this all the time, you know, where it seems as if, you know, God chooses to liberate and restore in one area and then in an, another area he allows mm. the people to kind of go through that journey and go through that process and sometimes it doesn't seem fair mm -hmm. you know um, but what do you think what do you think is that connection with you know the spirituality aspect of events that happen like this whether it is in a school and mm. you know in the classroom there are kids where their parents serve God and they're mm -hmm. Christian and they're believers you mm. know you would think that you know, the power of God is yeah. so strong in mm. those moments and, you know, in these times that things like that wouldn't happen yes. or harm the children of God. But they do. And that's the reality of the world in which we live in. You know, there was this video that went viral a couple of months ago about a student that walked into a school with a gun. Um, I don't remember if he was looking to kill himself or kill other students. Uh, but the, one of the coaches, one of the teachers um, stopped him. You know, and was able to disarm him and grab him in this huge bear hug and, you know, was able to stop anything tragic from happening. Uh, so we do see moments in which, you know, things that could have been so much, you know, could have been horrible, you know, in one way or another, God did intervene. Uh, but that's just the the... the 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 craziness about right. you know this world and this walk where not everything is um understandable for our for our minds um, which is why it's important to always a 
be connected with God. And number two, always be ready because you don't yeah. know when your time is up and how your time is up. You know, there's some people that they get a death sentence or you have three months to live and they have three months to prepare and they pass away in three months. And then you have people that they tell them uh, you have three months to live and they live six or they live only two days. Yeah. And then you have other people that you were just walking down the street and a brick fell off a building, hit you in the head and you're done. So it's like you, it doesn't matter. You always have to be ready and prepared for whatever scenario it's not always going to be the most civil way you know you're not going to die you know surrounded by your family members and you're going to be able to tell everybody the last thing you want to tell them like you know that doesn't happen for everybody uh so that's why it's important to be ready and to be connected but what i will say is that it is important you know one of the things that i found interesting about this uh scenario with this specific church was that they did have a plan in action they did have drills and all this other stuff. Uh, but when the moment came, um, you know, people identified that something was up, but something still happened. So yeah. it's the idea of, you know, how can we perfect the plan? So we had a plan in place for in case, you know, if an active shooter did happen. But and I'm not saying this is the scenario for them. I'm just saying this as a warning or like a precautionary thing for every for all the other churches is what's the plan to prevent it from happening? You know, so if you get a vibe, if you get something that something is up or right, which you know, get a vibe can be translated to discernment. Discernment, right. yes. <laughs> you know. But there's things that are obvious. Right. Like for example, this man walked in with a fake beard and a fake and a wig that according to the reports was evidently fake like he was right in full and there was disguise. they were suspicious and of this yes. and again there's nothing spiritual about that. yes nothing that's kind that's of like, like you said that's yeah. the vibe like yeah. we see that you know yeah. there's nothing really spiritual about that but then there is also the spiritual aspect of it where you know something doesn't sit well in you and yeah. you're like lord what's really going on so if that happens what's the plan for that which ha which you have to be cautious with because you don't want to dive into the territory of discriminatory where i don't know they're wearing a hat that looks weird to me let yeah. me you know there's, there's they certain smell things. a certain way yeah. they look a certain way yes. they're shaking a certain way yes. it seems like they're doing yeah. this you have to be that's where the discernment comes in where you have the ability to understand if it's somebody's oddity or their behavior or if okay no this is something that is urgent and we have to um uh, neutralize it or we have to contain it so that what's the plan for that you know does the church have to have a code word where if something's happening you know the code word is potato somebody says potato randomly everybody knows okay calmly go down or calmly everybody get up and exit or something you know so that it is evident for there's something up we're not 100% sure if this is an active scenario, but let's, this is the action plan to prevent anything from moving forward. And, you know, this is specifically, I guess, for, you know, an active shooter, right? Or mm -hmm. a shooter in a church. Oh, but yes, we think yes, of yes. other incidents of, you know, a fire. Yes. in a building you yes. know i think of you know some churches have a basement or mm. a lower part of the church where they have sunday school classrooms or something like that where there's only one exit mm -hmm. you know what is the plan yes right in case of a fire we have a bunch of kids in mm. all these rooms what do we do if mm. there's a fire you yeah. know if the fire starts on this side of the basement and that side of the basement the mm. fire starts upstairs if it yeah. starts downstairs there's a boiler room somewhere in the church right that's mm. dangerous you know so we just have to yeah. you know have these plans in place um and a lot of things are 
things that seem like common sense but right. in the moment aren't like for example our church has the classrooms downstairs where god forbid in a situation like a fire or something the plan is the teachers bring the kids out but in the heat of the moment the parents may feel like oh my god i have to go downstairs right. you have all these parents rushing down blocking the exit yeah which then becomes an additional fire hazard yeah. so it's like that's why it's important to have these plans because when people are left to their own devices and they think they're helping sometimes they're doing the complete opposite yeah so again these things shouldn't be you know uh like a scare tactic or something to kind of get you fearful but just really to get you thinking you know i think of um the story years ago this happened in 1999 the columbine high school shooting i remember being in elementary school when um not when it happened i was in kindergarten i think when it happened but you know it was still kind of a few years old um when i was in elementary school and you know i remember first hearing about rachel joy scott you know the christian that uh, was shot oh, yes. at columbine yes, yes and you know i remember our school did like a little skit that you know our class did that we were in in you know reference to her life and um you know and what happened to her and I remember thinking at that age, like having that fear of going to school based on a story that wasn't even in, you know, our area or mm -hmm. our city, but just that fear of, man, this could happen, you know, and, um, you know, this is real life. And I remember also kind of going through the emotions of like, you know, why would God allow something mm -hmm. like this? You know, she was young. She had the bravery and the boldness to say pretty much like, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. You know, if you're going to shoot me, shoot me. And mm -hmm. that's ended up what happening, uh, you know, what happened. Um, but then I think of the legacy that was left behind and the movements and everything that happened as a result. You know, there was mm -hmm. a film, there was a whole organization that happened, a nonprofit organization called Rachel's Challenge. And over 25 million people mm -hmm. have been directly you know, impacted because of this globally, not mm -hmm. just, you know, whether it's, you know, in one city, this is globally where they kind of create pro programs in schools mm -hmm. to kind of, you know, the whole anti-bullying thing and just kind of making sure the kids are safe, you know, from kindergarten through 12th grade. Obviously, this is a situation where it was a tragedy. It was a yeah. tragic moment. But in that, you know, it's almost like trying to find the light, trying to find the good, trying to find what can we learn from this what can come out of this i'm sure in the moments her parents were devastated and her family was devastated yeah. her classmates were devastated but in the end we do see here that you know she was able to impact so many lives mm -hmm. right not to say that this is what needs to happen in order to be of an impact and in order mm -hmm. to bless someone's life but i do know that god uses these moments yeah. you know and god will kind of turn situations around where we hear it all the time you know mm -hmm. whether it's an organization that started after a death or after a tragedy mm -hmm. whether it's someone turning their life around when they hit rock bottom you know it takes for someone to kind of you know maybe go to prison and then after that it's like where they turn their life around right yeah. we hear stories like this all the time again you know these stories and these things that happen shouldn't um, discourage us shouldn't keep us down or, or upset right or full of fear but should kind of put that proactive spirit in us like you know what mm. do we need to do you know and obviously these things can be applied to so many different areas of our lives whether it's church mm. whether it's our homes right um it's just something that we should you know take measures on and just see like you know 
do I have like these safety measures put in place in our home? Right. Like you said, yeah, we're at the mall. What happens, you know, in our house? Do we have like a safe in case there's a fire? Like mm-hmm. our important paperwork. Where is that? Like, where, yeah. you know, what do I you remember, grab? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. what do you grab first? Mm-hmm. You know? So it's something, again, that should get us thinking. It's unfortunately, this is how this church is ending yeah. 2019, ending their decade and starting a new one. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I hold fast to what the Bible says. Weeping may endure for a night. Joy comes in the morning. God is able to give us that new beginning and a new start. And this may be reflective of situations people are going through. Yeah. You know, where um, it's kind of an end of the year tragedy. Something may have happened, you know, um, in this time of the year. And you feel like you're ending your decade in defeat. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Ending this year off on a bad note. Um, But God can give us a new beginning, you know, and I hold fast, you know, to that promise. Yeah. Which is um, what these type of scenarios and any scenario, because, you know, any tough situation for anyone, um, you know, it's very important that we are able to hold on to that, you know, hold on to God, hold on to his promise. Um, Even when we feel like it's unfair, even when we don't see him, even when we don't understand, you know, it is important to hold on to God because he is our, uh, he is the one that will console us in those moments um, where we just feel absolutely defeated or we feel absolutely lost or hurt or angry, even at him. You know, you can yeah. be angry at God. You could be hurt. Yeah. You may feel like God hurt you. You know, he pointed you out. He singled you out uh, for whatever situation. But don't harbor those feelings. Go to him with that you know speak to him about it you know even if i you know i know people that have done this where they'll sit in the chair put a chair in front of them and talk to the chair like if god is sitting there and you know are able to have this dialogue with them and for those of you that are not going through anything that you uh, feel is tragic or strong or, or you know a bad scenario look out for those that you do know are going through a tough time like we said in the beginning of the podcast you know check in on your friends check in on your neighbors check in on your church members you know, make sure uh, that they know that you are there for them for whatever it is. If it's for a hug, for a chat, for a coffee, want to go shopping, whatever it is, uh, that you make yourself available for them as well. So thank you for tuning in to this new episode of the God Love Culture podcast. And you can definitely follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, under God Life Culture Podcast. Um, be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen and stream your podcast from, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. We're on Anchor as well. Definitely subscribe so you can be notified when we drop a new episode. Yeah, so thank you for listening to the God Life Culture Podcast. That's God, God Life, Life Culture. Culture. Until next time. See ya. Bye.